Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, not joined by my regular co-host, Kia. She is out, I think, committing crimes. I don't know. Probably shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> but we are joined by the sometimes co-host, Carlos from the Latinx delegation. You know, what's up? <laughs> the sometimes co-host. I like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, if this is your first episode... I apologize, but we are going to do what we do every week, and that is change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time via the racial draft. And we should just dive right in to racial draft business. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try to fly through. Um, we've got a lot of news. We've got a lot of parameters of, of competition. And speaking of such, uh, the FCL racial draft competition rages on. We are into, I think, seven weeks, seven weeks, so wow. past the halfway point of our competition period, and gotta say, one of the delegations seems to be running away with it. Um, hmm. I'll, leave it I'll leave it up to you to, to guess, but uh, it rhymes with um, Matt Teamix. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will break, we will break down the week that was, uh, as we often do, starting from the bottom of the, the scoring leaders and starting us off with zero, with, sorry, not zero points. That would be, that would be awful. Uh, starting us off with one point. <laughs> zero would be awful. Zero would be one awful. point. One point. And that one point being scored by Felicia Hardy, that means the South Asian delegation uh, they didn't bring it this week. That is, wow. that is a shame. I know, I know. You know, um, just looking at that lineup going into the season, you did not foresee any week where they were going to put up less than 15 points. Like, Oh, no. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I do think that they, they were probably hurt by the, uh, the, the Marvel comics uh, slowdown, which sure. led to, you know, over the past few weeks, fewer books coming out. You know, I yeah. think they are fairly i guess they're balanced in terms of marvel and dc characters but uh you know some of these characters show up a lot in their solo books and maybe and not a lot outside of their solo books yeah so if their solo books aren't coming out and those points aren't coming out uh so yeah so one point for the south asian delegation better luck next week um however second to last the multiracial delegation. Well, I believe weren't they number one last week? I believe that is oh, correct. Oh, what a what a precipitous drop! Seventeen points, mm. led by nine points from Logan. Uh, also, three points from Damian Wayne, three points from Hal Jordan, and two points from Emma Frost for seventeen points for the multiracial delegation. Next up, we have a tie. Uh, two different dele delegations tied with nineteen points. The Polynesian delegation, oh. 19 points. That is not quite more points than they've scored thus far. But, okay, I know, was going to ask. <laughs> not, not quite. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Let me see. They put uh, up like four. I mean, they had. They did have the zero point. They did have the zero point. The awful. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, let's say about forty percent of okay. of their total season output in this one week. Okay. So, uh, like I said, sometimes better luck next time does mean better luck next time. But yeah. really, it was it was two main characters that did their thing. 
It was Raven and it was Kang the Conqueror. Wow. Okay. So eight points from Raven, seven points for Kang the Conqueror, and four points from Wiccan. And that there's your 19 points for the Polynesian delegation. Who's laughing at the Kang pick now? I mean, the Black delegation should be laughing at it because uh, Jonathan Majors did the thing. <laughs> That's right. All the bonus points that could have been scored through memes didn't happen. Did he do any King related stuff on SNL last night? I don't Wasn't know. I, had, he, I, I mean, he was on SNL, but I didn't. He hosted it, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if there was any King. Probably not because he hasn't like appeared in Marvel as King yet. Right, it hasn't quite probably, permeated the, the zeitgeist yet. It's not like Thanos, where everybody knows Thanos. I don't think right. everybody knows He Who Remains yet. Exactly, but, yeah. you know, he'll be back. My guess is he, he will be back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be cool if he, he cameoed in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm telling you, he should be in every Phase Four movie. He just should. He just give well, me. He doesn't. You don't even need to like linger on him. Just have him like they did in Far From Home. Just have him be one of the guys like just walking in the background. They can they can so, do this without so him here's ever something, coming in to record. So here's something that I don't think we talked about this. So we're going to talk about it now. There is a rumor that. There is a rumor that there is a Watcher cameo in Eternals. Oh, really? I still that, haven't seen Eternals. But like, not That's like awesome. a Stan, not like a Stan Lee style cameo, but like the way that he was in like What If, where he was just kind of like off in the distance. Wait, you so know, like, like there's a there's a shot in Eternals where you can like feasibly make out a face that would be the Watcher. That's the rumor. Like I, was, like, I need to see Eternals again in order to, to, to verify that. So, you know, if you're listening, listeners, and you decide you want to, uh, you know, pay money to see Eternals, you should probably do that. But the rumor is that, that that's happening. And I thought, and, you know, as, as the uh, discussion that I was in kind of went on, I thought to myself, you know, putting the Watcher in, in the role of the, like, the Stan, not the exact Stanley cameo, but like right. the Easter egg, like the Where's Waldo of it all, of like, right trying to find the panel where the watcher appears even if you went backwards and you started and, and they like digitally inserted them into into some of those movies it it it, it adds another element he's the watcher after all right wouldn't mm-hmm. it would make sense if he was in every movie wasn't right. there a rumor that stan lee was a watcher and you know i mean like well because doesn't he isn't he reporting to a group of watchers in right but i Guardians think that too? was Right, but I think that was subsequent to the rumor that he was a watcher. Oh, okay, I think they okay. came up with that joke because of the the meta joke of of Stanley being the watcher, and that's why Stanley was everywhere. I see. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, then he's like he's describing his different. It's like, and Cameras. then I was a postal worker, or whatever he said. Yeah, I mean, I know that there were some people who said that uh, Deadpool should should get the cameo. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be kind of cool, I suppose. But Ryan Reynolds is probably too busy for all of that um i i do like the idea of kang um but it would only be for this phase right just until you defeat kang whenever that that occurs yeah just until the kang story is done but like and this isn't like you like you you touched on it i've been thinking a lot about this like you could as the timeline gets changed in in marvel movie release time they could always go back and throw him into like Iron Man 2. Like he could be in all of the movies because Marvel, just, you know, they have imagine, that kind of money. I just thought about this from like a pure 
like craven marketing perspective if if they said that they digitally added kang to all of the fate the original like phase one phase two phase three movies but you have to like go back and watch them in order to right. find out where they are and you could like win some kind of like prize if you like identified you know where kang was imagine the streaming imagine the streaming numbers of people go, like wanting <laughs> oh, yeah. to go back and re-watch the movies to find kang yes absolutely yeah i mean and you'd have like you know screen rant would have their list of like all the spots and new rock stars would have 50 videos about like it would feed the content the content trough <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it would be yeah it, i i think there's and then like you know if he gets defeated you take him back out like it's totally like it's just, <laughs> exactly. didn't they, they changed the after credit sequence to wandavision after wandavision ended oh so to put strange in they know that they, real they did they did something where they um they added more it was weird they added more trees to like one of the shots mm. and there was there was something else that got they got added but it, it didn't it didn't change it on any like serious you know weighty level but they did change it like you you there is footage of both and you're like no that is definitely different why did they do this and so if they're able to just keep tweaking and we don't even know, put Kang in everything. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, pe- people will go back and watch it. I mean, there should be someone whose job it is. Like there should be a department at Marvel at MCU, like just to be like, these are the things that weave the tapestry like that. Our job is to connect everything that that just seems like and and. Oh yeah, I've, here's job, the thing. I, I for sure for think that there is a like person whose job it is to maintain the continuity. Yes. But I also think that there should be a person whose job it is, especially given what we're doing with the current storyline, to fuck with the continuity. Yes. You know, yes. because if we're gonna play the the old TVA imagine if they put TVA agents, like here this thing. You and I are both friends, we both both fans of fringe. Yes. Um, if, if <laughs> the observer they, thing, yes. Yes. If they do the if they did the observer thing with like either Kang or the TVA, like it would be amazing. Amazing. I agree. Amazing. And then like because Disney owns everything, like you could put Kang, like Kang could be in the audience at Dancing with the Stars. Like he just could be. And it would be fucking amazing. It would be such like such an immersive thing, like the way Fox did with observers during uh football and baseball games. They were yeah. there. Like that's am- like that, I, that was so much fun. If you were and then if you didn't watch Fringe, you had no idea it even happened. And so like it didn't bother anyone. It wasn't like, why do you have to put your TV show in my footballs? Like, yeah, you didn't even notice it. Didn't even notice it happened. Yeah. But everyone else who watched Fringe was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. We're just like pointing at the screen, like, <laughs> oh, nice. All right, but let's go. Let's go to the next. The next delegation. I think they. I think we were at the fifth place delegation. One, two, three, four. Oh, four. Yeah, fifth place. Sorry. Uh, okay. The Jewish delegation mm. tied with the Polynesian delegation with nineteen points, led by uh, Magic Ileana Rasputin. Uh, five points from Reed Richards, five points from Tony Stark, and uh, four points from Black Willow. Black Widow. Right. And they're they're the nineteen points. I heard you say Black Willow, and now all I can think about is Willow, <laughs> but black. 
No, are you talking about Willow from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No, that would no, also Willow, be <laughs> Willow the, the, was it Ron Howard, 1980s? Uh, yes, uh, Warwick Davis. Yes. <laughs> Willow. You know, they're, they're bringing that back, right? Yeah, it's on, yes. I, I definitely saw something for it on Disney Plus the other, like, mm-hmm. just the image. I was like, what is this? Um, next up, the white delegation. Uh, in the in the in the middle role, I suppose. So I guess that's fifth place actually. When you're right in the middle of the nine, that makes sense. Sure. Um, Eighteen points. Batman. Ah. Um, yeah, that guy. Um, six points from Conan, and two points nice. from Scarecrow, for your twenty-six points for the White Delegation. Batman. Now, now, how many points did the White Delegation score? Twenty-six. One character from this next delegation scored 25. Wow. And that character is the Red Hood uh, for the Native American delegation, put up 36 points. Red Hood's 25, seven for Kushala, the Spirit Rider, four for Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider. A lot of red, a lot of writing, you know, a lot of hoods. Nice. And they and they huffed and they puffed and they blew down the house. <laughs> so that's 36 points for the Native American delegation who were tied, tied, I bury the lead, with the East Southeast Asian delegation who wow. also had 36 points. Now their points were more dispersed. 15 points from Eddie Brock. Venom. <laughs> Venom. Seven points for Ben Grimm. Six points for Peter Parker. Sucks to to lose your your role of Spider-Man. Six (laughs) points for Invisible Woman. Two points for Joker. So those are the 36 points for the East-South-East delegation. And that leaves us with our final two delegations. Mm -hmm. Final two. With 59 points. Not not the other nine, but 59 points. Um, The Black delegation led by 19 points from Superman, 17 points from Tim Drake, 13 points for Lobo, six points for Doom, three points for Elektra, and one point for Nubia to the tune of 59 points for our Black delegation. Nice. In the runner-up spot. We got to find them 10 points. But that brings us to the winner. By far the highest score so far this season in a week, 94 points led by 32 points from Nightwing. Wow. What a showing by Dick. Um, He really, he really, really came, he really came to play. (laughs) Some people, some people are growers, other people are showers. (laughs) And Dick Grayson showed. But 32 points, 14 points for Deadpool, 12 points for Jace Fox. Nice. The Black black Batman, the next Batman. Nine points for Miles Morales, seven points for Batgirl, seven points for Wonder Woman, seven points for Doctor Strange, six points for Ben Riley, the same amount of points as Peter Parker. How much much did you pay for Ben Riley? I don't even remember at this point. It was not a lot. A dollar? I don't know. What was it? What, 70, it was probably maybe? yeah. It was probably like forty dollars. Yeah. Um, compared to the eleven hundred dollars <laughs> that was paid for uh, Peter Parker 
um, in in our in our um, salary cap style <laughs> acquisition. Yeah, you can't so, say we auction characters unless you're going to put on a real thick like southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we could say it. It's, it's just it just gets a little problematic here and there. Right. Next up. Luke Cage, how much are you going to pay for that big striping man? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So pardon me for a second while I total up the wins and losses. I did Um, get Ben Riley for 70. 70. Yes. Against 1100 for Peter Parker. That is correct. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I hear that. Yeah, that is pretty good. You know, so, I'm, I, I, um, while you're tallying that up, I am, I wish that I didn't, that I had figured out another character to take instead of Deadpool because I really wanted to run away and hide with my team this season and not have any characters that I had on the team last season. Deadpool oh. is the only returning character. Is it really? He is the only one that was on my team last season. Wow. Other than Kingpin, who's a supplemental, but like yes, yes. But I mean, in terms of your scoring characters, yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty pretty cool. We didn't have yeah because we were almost all Gotham last season except for Nightwing, Barbara Gordon. Um, we didn't have so we had uh, Jason Todd. We that's had, true. You know, like we had other Batman adjacent and obviously Batman, but we didn't have um, Jace Fox. We didn't have Nightwing. We didn't have Barbara Gordon. So. So here we have through seven weeks, the overall win loss record. As you know, uh, you get a win um, for each uh, team you finish ahead of each Mm -hmm. each week. And you get a loss for each team that finishes ahead of you, of course. So the overall records right now, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, delegation by delegation. I don't feel like, oh, you know what? I'll just do it. With 53 wins and three losses, the Latinx delegation. Yeah. With 46 wins and nine losses and one tie, the East Southeast Asian delegation. So that lead is growing. Um, with 20, no, 31 wins, 24 losses, and one tie, the Jewish delegation. With 29 wins, 27 losses, and one tie, finally above 500, the Black delegation. Everyone else is under 500. Oh, wow. 25 wins, 30 losses one tie for the multiracial delegation, 24 wins, 31 losses, and one tie for the white delegation. 19 wins. (laughs) 19 wins, 27 losses for the South Asian delegation. 18 wins, 36 losses, and two ties for the Native American delegation. And in last place, with only three wins all this week, right nice. no not all this week sorry uh two of the three wins were this week uh that's polynesian delegation three wins 52 losses and one tie so that's our 
these are that's those those are head-to-head scores do you want to see something really depressing though <laughs> okay <laughs> uh the total points scores oh i don't think yeah. i'm going to be depressed by this <laughs> <laughs> with 47 total points the polynesian delegation mm. With 145 points, so almost 100 points more. Yeah. The South Asian delegation. With 164 points, the Native American delegation. Okay. With 180 points, the white delegation. Mm-hmm. With 200 and two points, the multiracial delegation with 226 points, the black delegation with 232 points. So very close, the Jewish delegation with 287 points, the East Southeast Asian delegation. And that is our second place delegation mm-hmm. with 427 points the latinx delegation ah. wow led by 79 points from wonder woman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 64 points from nightwing and a whole host of scores up and down their roster their lowest score black panther wow with only five points i wonder if the uh did the the black panther titles that come out did they not did they not count were they like no they haven't no remember the black panther book hasn't come out well there was like that legends of wakanda or something book that came out where there's like young t'challa yeah but it was he was just a kid doing nothing. He didn't do he was, nothing. He was a kid. He didn't have the black panther yet. He didn't like <laughs> he just, thwart a gang of I don't know what. He just stood around and was like, one day, one day I'll be a black panther. And I'll do <laughs> he cool just stuff. Watched, yeah, he watched T'Chaka <laughs> do stuff. And he's uh, saying, just can't wait to be king. <laughs> 68 <laughs> points for Peter Parker, who I believe is a uh, in the top three number one is still batman i think 99 points wow for the bat that's impressive not as impressive as his, his price though you, you know no although he did score like i think you said i think you said the white delegation has 180 points which means batman scored 10 percent of their points this week no no he scored more than 10 percent Oh, you mean 10% of all their points? Sorry. Of all of their uh, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no he I, scored like I, 90% of their points this week. Yeah, I but... mean, he is he has 99 of their 180 points. So he wow. has more than he has more than half of their points. Yeah. But he was all but he was like 90% of their budget. Yes. Yeah. So so that that's not adding up. That that the value is not working. He was, I'm sorry, wait, what percent of the budget was he? Because how much how much money did they actually end up spending? Oh yeah. I mean 11. Oh yeah, because I forgot bonus points and stuff like that. But right. yeah, because he's because he was 1199. It's, it's probably over 90% of their budget. 
it's literally 99.91% if he spent 1200. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. As at yeah, it's uh it's a little tough. Superman, 64 points. So he's in the, wait, is that more points than Peter Parker? Not not quite. 64. I'm trying to see if there are other people around above 50. Uh, Iron Man. Iron Man's 59. The one that got away. Yeah. And I what, oh, fi, 54 Wolverine. Solid. What about um Bruce Banner Hulk? Hulk has I think his book, did his book just come out or is it about to come out? The well, maybe it got pushed back with like the the finale to Immortal, which was like 96 pages long, should have come out at the end of October, if I'm not mistaken, or beginning of November. Mm. maybe it got pushed back though no i think it did come out i think it did come out i think only only scored 14 points in there wow in 96 pages yeah some shenanigans it was a lot of talky talky yeah um so yeah he's he those are all his points okay yeah very a lot of disappointing showings for the the south asian delegation no one no one above 20 the only person above 20 sorry the one person above 20 is aquaman and what what is Doctor Strange at? Ooh, that's oof. Doctor Strange who cost you like zero dollars? Yeah, um, two dollars. It was two dollars for Doctor Strange. Uh, 39, 39 points. Doctor okay. Strange, uh, aka three points more than Ben Riley. Wow. Yeah, He's doing well for a dead man. Yeah, exactly. Doing well for someone that only cost plus two dollars. They gave him like Batman level prep time where it was just like, and I have a fail safe in case I die. I brought up, I brought back another me from five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Tony Stark did it first, to be fair. Fair, fair enough. The two things I was scared of were that there was a rumor that there was going to be like many clones of Ben Riley, And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get all of the Ben Riley points I think I'm getting. And death of Doctor Strange is like, if he's dead, how are they going to, I don't know that I'm going to be scoring that many points. Oh, honorable mention, 42 points for Red Hood. Red Hood and Spirit Rider, two, uh, two, the, two big guns for the Native American delegation. They are really pushing Kashala. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we get Kashala in the Echo series. No, you see, I think they're I think they're gonna use her in the um either the Ghost Rider or the Werewolf by Night series. Is there a Ghost Rider series announced? I didn't see that. Well, it wasn't no, I mean it's been heavily rumored. Okay. But this is probably a good time to uh, oh no, it's not. We're, bad segue. Bad segue. <laughs> later bad. in the show, later in the show, we will talk about uh some of the news stories and uh stay tuned. This is the part where you get, hey guys, Michael Ford from the Radio. <laughs> You ever want to start your own podcast? <laughs> nice, nice. But what we what we do, what we want to do is talk about the racial draft supplemental draft. These characters that don't score points, but they score points in our hearts. Yes. And we might as well start with a character that has been talked about quite a bit because he was recently cast. Um, there was a little bit of skepticism because people felt. Uh, there was a little skepticism uh, because people were saying that he should be uh, 
the a little bit more attractive. I think that was mm -hmm. the thing that was said. Yeah, so there was a little skepticism about that, about whether whether the uh, Adam Warlock, that this is character we're talking about, who was drafted by the South Asian delegation. Uh, did you happen to see the fan cast for South Asian Adam Warlock? I did, and uh, the South Asian delegation just like, oh, was that last guy not the most attractive man I ever saw? Here's another one. Like, where? What? What? I don't have this kind of stable, and I have got the Latinx men. I don't like. Also, by the way, Latinx men, a book I would totally read. Give me Jonathan Hickman's Latinx men. <laughs> But uh, I mean, Vida Ayala, Vida Ayala. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, just every every week, it's just like Jesus. It's all it's all thirst traps all the time. Like, it, all the time. <laughs> and I am a fully heterosexual man, but damn, just like wow. Yes, uh, Vidu Jamal. Uh, you know, because a lot of people were saying Adam Warlock has to be the perfect specimen of man of manhood. Right. So, uh, all right, there you go. Done and done. Beat, beat this team, Caucasia. <laughs> I think, he, yeah, I think he was in fact in the Mister Universe con contest. So I feel like he's a, you know, he's a good, uh, a good choice for yeah. a, a person that is in the universe. I've always thought it was very presumptuous for us to name anyone Mister or Miss Universe. <laughs> it's like we haven't even been outside of our own solar system. I feel like that should be a premise for an action movie where um, they, they, they beam up all the Mr. Universe contestants and they have to like compete in some sort of like action scenario because nice. that's how they really crown Mr. Universe right. in across the universe. So it's all these like, you know, bodybuilder slash um, fitness people like having to fight their way, you know, beyond what they look like. Yes, I dig it. I'm here for it. Maybe it works better as Miss Universe. Maybe it probably probably is more opportunities for comedic comedic stuff if it's Miss Universe. Sure. You can go I'm, the I'm more likely to watch it, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's beauty pageant contestants. Yeah. In action scenarios. Yeah. Right. Me, me also. Me. Every as other well. planet is sending their like <laughs> roughest, toughest women. <laughs> They're most sparkly. Earth has sense, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it'll be like, like some sort of like that's yeah, that's what it is. It's like in the everywhere else in the universe, they do this like you. It's like an Olympics, like this uh, you know right. battle to the death, like Hunger Games style. You know to decide who Mister and Mrs. Universe are. But right. they were listening in on our broadcasts, and they and and we just crowned you know, like our finalists and Mrs. Mr. Mrs. Universe. So they went ahead and beamed them up, you know, yep. to compete because they assumed that they were ready to, to be part of the real, the real Mr. and Mrs. Universe. And I think it's a great sequel to Miss Congeniality. And I would, uh, <laughs> I'm, I would, I would watch it. And like, yeah, these are the games that like settle intergalactic disputes, you know, like right. they use these games because they don't, exactly. they, they don't do so war primitive. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like, they, they do it every four years and like how you finish 
how you finish in the in the into, in, I, I, that was my theory for how they should do the Olympics. That it's like how you finish in the Olympics will decide like who wins in every dispute. Like they'll just look at like I don't know. I mean, Russia did come out on top in the gold medal competition, so I guess they're just gonna have to take that land. <laughs> you can't take Crimea, and they're like this scoreboard. Exactly. It's like you got it. Next four years, you know, if you could, if you could beat us in, if you could beat us in soccer, then you know things will change. You know what ends up happening there is like athletes start getting like it becomes a multi-billion dollar industry oh. of athletes. Just oh. like LeBron yes. James is somehow now from Belarus. You know? <laughs> or either that or they're just like genetically engineering and coming up with the steroids of steroids right. <laughs> because whoever, you know, whoever wins. I remember that being a, like a rumor for uh, Chinese national basketball was like that they were genetically engineering seven foot six, like, freakishly tall humans because for a while wasn't there, a rumor, out. Wasn't there a rumor that they like arranged the marriage of like Yao Ming to his wife I mean like they were there were definitely these were definitely rumors I don't know how much of that was just like blatant xenophobia you know <laughs> but like but uh yeah I remember because it was like there was uh Yao Ming and then like Wang Zhiji was like seven foot four and then there was uh Yi Jin Lan who was like seven foot one I was like Jesus where are these guys coming from well we'll we'll know when there are like well it's it'll be one of two things either there's genetic engineering or there it was all part of that that plan like from a, a few years back when they had all the athletes in the Olympic Village like in one place all hooking up like it's, it's like what you're gonna do is like, sleep with all the american athletes <laughs> we will yeah we will cook the perfect specimen operation super seed i think i, I want to say that there was like a chinese girl like a like a young girl like a grade school level girl who is like again freakishly tall she's like seven foot four wow and she's like 13 years old or something like that 14 years old yeah look seven foot seven foot five 14 year old mm. yeah it, how, is this is right now or like today like oof. yeah that, that article is from like a month ago well speak that you know i don't have a good transition so there is just gonna go right yeah i'm gonna <laughs> I'm go right chatty today for some reason yeah. well the people had a take and that take was 83.3 percent approval rating um and and took to that i respond did you see the pictures did i need to link more pictures this is <laughs> you know because that should have been 90 you know yeah um easy it was 50%, you know what it was? It was probably the white delegation being like, how can we compete with that? You know, with our Adam Warlock. Um, but 50% strongly approved, 33.3% somewhat approved, 0% somewhat disapproved, and 16.7%. People not comfortable with their heterosexuality is probably, probably um, But that brings us to the next choice comes from the Jewish delegation, and they, they, you know, they did a thing that I, I, I like to like to see happen, where you stack your your pick from a previous round, you know, mm -hmm. with a family member of the same character. Last round, I believe, I believe it was the last round where they selected Magneto in the supplemental draft. 
If it um, wasn't they, the last round, it was the round before that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they came They came back around and they selected Polaris. Nice. Um, you know, which I guess now means that that who uh, Lorna Dane's mother is now Jewish, as opposed to, I believe in the comics, she was just some random chick. Um, who could have also been Jewish. <laughs> but but very clearly not Jewish because like, you know, um, yeah, cause she doesn't practice, but, but in this, in this she does. Lorna Dane, uh, the fan cast that they selected or fan cast or visual referent uh, was Julia Garner, who you might know from, um, from Ozark mm-hmm. or from that one season of the Americans. Um, but yeah, Julia Garner, I, they could have gotten they could have got some extra bonus points if they had figured out a photoshop some green hair on her but <laughs> they didn't they didn't but the people gave it an 87.5% approval rating with mm. all 87.5% strongly approving and uh, 12.5% clearly anti-semitic um, <laughs> you know why does the why does the jewish character have to wear green all the time what are they trying to say <laughs> um that brings us to the Polynesian delegation. Not a big fan of this character, but you know, the character is has its charms, I suppose. Molecule Man, uh, Owen Reese. Are you a fan of Are you a fan of Molecule Man? I can't say that I am. No. Yeah, the thing about Molecule Man, like, like he has a kind of a lame name, but yeah. they they gave him a lot of powers because he he controls molecules and also exists across the multiverse it's like a weird deal like i feel like someone had maybe a little bit too much sway with editorial and said like, <laughs> what if what if we gave him a massive power up like what if he was like a little bit you know he's a little bit lame now but he connects the dimensions through molecules and um he's potentially more powerful than the beyonder even there was a whole thing i don't know if you remember the secret wars uh hickman storyline from a few years back Uh, he was the linchpin of bringing back the multiverse Mm. he was also the linchpin of destroying the multiverse it's kind of you know which makes me wonder, will Molecule Man show up in the MCU, given that there's multiverse stuff? I just feel like at some point, the power set is too high. Like, maybe Molecule Man started back when you could just throw a word around like Molecule, <laughs> and no one really understood what you were talking about. But if you control Molecules... Guess what? <laughs> it's over. Game over. <laughs> well, they kind of no... they 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 nerfed him slightly by saying that he wasn't mentally there. That's always a good way to, uh, you know, psychologically limit what someone who has godlike energy can do. It's like, oh, but he's just not smart enough, or with it enough, or connected enough to reality to really wield the powers as best as he can. He can do it for like five minutes at a time. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's on the quirky side. 
And speaking of, of that, for the fan cast, the Polynesian delegation who selected this character selected Jermaine Clement. Love it. We, yeah. I loved him when he was on Legion, another yeah. super, super overpowered character <laughs> who was limited by his uh, mental capabilities. Living so, in an ice cube, wasn't <laughs> he, or something like that? Yeah. Oh, no, his character was for, for sure, but I was just yeah. saying that the, oh, the main Legion. character, Legion himself, right. was. Yeah. But um, 80, no, sorry, 93.7% approval rating. Uh, more like 93.67, we'll say, um, okay. because it's it's 87.5% strongly approved, 6.3% somewhat approved, 0% somewhat disapproved, and 6.3% strongly disapproved. So I feel like there's the rounding, which takes yeah. it above 100%, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, now here's a pick that I... I'm not going to completely side eye it, but I have questions. I still have questions, and I've chose and and you know when I f- when I first saw the pick, I had questions, and then I I choose I chose the power of headcanon to resolve said questions. Okay. Uh, the black delegation selected Nick Fury, senior. Now, not Nick Fury. That's uh, Marcus Johnson, aka Nick Fury Jr., aka uh, Nick Fury Senior's illegitimate son of the black woman that somehow. Um, was just as dark as if she had had sex with a black man. Right. Um, however, the power of headcanon, what if Nick, white Nick Fury was white? What, what if white Nick Fury was actually black the whole time? And he was using highly advanced, um, highly advanced technology to appear as a white man so that he could be the best spy in the it, during the Cold War. This is clearly the only canon that makes sense. Yeah. He has a Black man who served uh, alongside Captain America. Captain America gave him the cosign. Um, he got the Infinity Formula somehow. And well, maybe the Infinity Formula made him appear as a white man. Sure. Maybe he was bitten by a radioactive white man. <laughs> No, no, I'll go back. I'll go back. The Infinity Formula just made him long, long lived, you know, like like traditional Nick Fury. But come to find out, the reason that Nick Fury Jr. appears as a black man is because Nick Fury Sr. was secretly a black man all along. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he was using LMDs and other technological means to move through the white world when you know black people didn't have rights to get himself to the level of the best spy in the history of spies. And um, secretly he was helping out the black community, but we, you know, we don't talk about that. I mean, black man with the last name Fury, I just feel like it's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look, not, not great yeah. during that time. Probably uh, not great now, honestly, but not yeah, great during that time. Definitely not great in the, in the 1950s. Right. Um, so Keith David was chosen as the fan cast slash visual referent for for Nicholas J. Fury Sr. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna choose to think that 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 man was always black and he's just pretending that he's 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 white facing it. Mm-hmm. He's 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 white facing and and he and now he's in too deep. <laughs> he's in too deep. He's you just have to 
He just has to to stay in his in his whiteness. Or Keith David. I mean, but it's weird. It's a white man with Keith David's voice. It was. It was right. like, people just people just thought, wow, man, that that man, his, his voice is so <laughs> so baritone. Incredible, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the people. 75% approval rating with all 75% strongly approving and 12.5% somewhat disapproving and 12.5% strongly disapproving. So they're racist. <laughs> I just picture like, he never does phone interviews. He has to be in person. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> exactly. Now, this one, the white delegation did it again. They did it again. They went ahead, committed a crime, a hate crime, <laughs> a racial draft hate crime, as they selected Forge, ah, noted, yeah. noted Native American mutant Forge, um, as a white man. And um, yeah. I just got to ask, is he... Is he a white man who still, who like just pretended to be Native American so he can get into college? Is this what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what we're going to say. That's what we're going to yeah. go with. It's like, that, did you he, remember the, the commercial with the Native American and the, the guy throws the food out of the car and he like cries a single tear? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like back in the day for like, don't litter. Sure. Back when littering yeah. was like the worst thing you could do in the world. Um, I think that guy was Jewish. Or Italian, mm. I think he's, he might be Italian. I think he was Italian. I think he was Italian. Italian. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's long a history uh, <laughs> history there. Yeah, a long tradition. Yeah, like Elizabeth Warren, you know. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, that's that's Forge, <laughs> aka Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> aka he put on his record so that he could listen. He was still a gifted mutant with a, a you know ability. A, to, to communicate inherently with technology and build anything that he wanted, but he just felt like to give himself like that little bit of leg up, you know, yeah. so he could, you know, he's just like, oh, but I'm Native American. Yeah, he had to claim that his grandfather was half mm-hmm. Sioux. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. And then he, you know, he had to stick with it. He, he stuck with it the whole time. And right. it's, you know, but it explains a lot. It explains why, like, one of the, one of his most prominent um, things was creating a machine that would take away mutant's abilities. It's like the whiteness came right out. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, my oppressor, shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, so easy, so easy for me to <laughs> take away all that's all that's good about a mutant. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, you know, man. there's you know, first things first. What, right. what am I first? First and foremost, I'm, I'm not a white man first. White man. <laughs> exactly. There we have it. I'm not a Latinx man. I'm a, I'm a white guy. <laughs> Caucasian man. <laughs> He's like, you've heard X Men blue and X Men gold, X Men white. <laughs> oh, man. Racism. But <laughs> and that brings us to one of my favorite picks of the round, if, if I'm being honest, only because there's no reason that this character ever had to be a white guy. Like he's just he's cold cash, he's the grifter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just a dude with guns who wears like a 
a mask that barely like stays on his face. He's dressed like a, a damn outlaw. He, does he even have superpowers? Is Grifter, no, he's, he's just a highly skilled shooter of guns? Basically, like I, I, I remember Grifter, like seeing Grifter like in posters and things when I was a kid, but I never read like a Grifter book or anything. It wasn't until this, um, these latest urban legend Batman uh, books um, that Grifter has had like a side story that I've read Grifter. Is, uh, do you mind just saying the last little bit? I think we, I don't know if the recording caught you, but I definitely didn't hear you. The last like, oh, okay. 30 seconds um, of what you said. So I was just saying that uh, when I was a kid, um, I didn't read Grifter, but I recognized the character, like the mask and, yeah. and everything. The character um, design, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't until these Batman urban legend books mm-hmm. that have been coming out re- recent, like this year, that I ever read anything having to do with Grifter, which kind of feels like not not Deadpool, totally Deadpool, but kind of like I feel like he's like bad, more badass Hawkeye. Okay, yes, yes, for sure. Like if Hawkeye had guns instead of a bow and arrow. Yes. Yes. So here, so here are his ability slash powers. Expertly adept at hand-to-hand combat, that's a given. Excellent marksman with both firearms and thrown weapons, so he's bullseye. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Melee armament expert. Here's here's his powers though. Uh, possesses powerful side talents, uh, dormant or passive though, so it's you can't you probably defensive. Telekinesis, telepathy, and intuition. Uh, accelerated healing factor. Oh, sorry. Espionage mastery. Well, that's just an ability again. And, long, <laughs> right. and longevity, um, which means the writers like you. But- <laughs> I, want, I want a character who's got like a slowed down healing factor. Because every character is always like accelerated healing factor. <laughs> I wanted someone like, oh, shit, I stubbed my toe. This could take years. <laughs> I may never yeah. recover. No, you know what you need? You need that combined with immortality, right? So you need a character who like will never die, but will take forever to heal. Right. It's like, yeah, I'm going to regenerate, but it's going to take like a year for me to get this organ back. So every time you see me, like that that severed arm just gets like a little bit bigger. Right. (laughs) I'll eventually get there. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, you know, like just allergic to shellfish, something. Just give me something that's just like a normal, a normal ass thing. Yeah. But yeah, Grifter, he's, I mean, he's 90s, man. He's just, yeah. It's like, he's, he's got a, he's got a, a very distinct design. People love to draw him back in the day. Uh, he shoots a bunch of stuff up. And now he's in the Gotham world, which means he's probably going to score points, weirdly enough. Right. Like I said, that Urban Legends book, he had like a whole storyline. I don't know. I think they they appear to yeah. be. I mean, last them. time I checked, he was last time I checked, he was like bodyguard for Lucius Fox. Mm. Um, I don't know if that you know had fallen behind in in some of those Batman books because there's so many. There's so right. Many. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean that's a character we could definitely see in live action. I'm surprised we haven't seen him in sure. live action. 
you know, maybe on a new season of Titans. Yeah. Grifter could be a Suicide Squad character. Yes, but I feel like Jim Lee, who created a Grifter, is like, no, you will not uh, disrespect my character like that and put him in a Suicide Squad. Sure. <laughs> That's a good way. I just thought about that. Jim Lee and Brandon Choi created Grifter. So Grifter is definitely Asian. Like, <laughs> like we, yeah. like, you know what? This is a perfect, this is perfect for the East Southeast Asian delegation because what they did is they took a guy, like we're not supposed to ever see his face, but he takes the name Cole Cash and we assume that he's a white guy. Mm-hmm. But in reality, under that mask, he's Asian. Yeah, Cole Cash is just his handle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cole Cash. Cole Cash. Cole Cash. And he learned, he learned to speak with a Southern affect. It's mm-hmm. like, but little, little do you know, when he takes his mask off, he's an Asian dude. <laughs> Cole Cash. Um, and, um, oh man, I'm always bad with this pronunciation of the last name NG. Um, oh, yeah. Is it? Is it? Mm? No, it's not. It's. Oh. It's spelled yeah, like, NG, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Well, Philip, mm, um, we'll, we'll do that for now, is the fan cast. I apologize to anyone with the last name. Mm, um, I will do better for next week. But we have chosen uh, to make that the Cole Cash, to make that the Cole Cash backstory, because, yeah, just because, just because uh, all the, all the anti-hero, way cool, rad 90s villain, uh, hero, uh, shooter people or white that's just that's just part of the gig that's part of why 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 people let him get away with what he gets away with because they think he's a white guy under there yep the perfect crime the perfect crime he's just misunderstood he's not a not a thug <laughs> he's, he's, he calls himself grifter what are you talking about <laughs> Oh, and that brings us to my least favorite pick of the round. Yeah, you heard it. My least favorite pick of the round. Because, uh, guys, we have, there's a finite amount. I know it feels like we've been doing this for, for a while now, but there's only, you know, 12 rounds of the main draft, 12 rounds for the supplemental draft. And I got to think that if people were, were, put, were turning in the characters that they would like to see race bent and racially drafted, I got to think this would not be in anybody's top 20 let alone, you know, top 2,000, let alone top 20. Um, and that is Lady Stiltman. First of all, I feel like Lady Stiltman should be like trans, like if we're going to be honest about like the na- nomenclature, right? Um, it but... is an awkward naming convention <laughs> for the character. You know, not still Lady. Not still right or lady stilt or lady stilt actually sounds kind of dope, but like, no, (laughs) it's, it's lady stilt man. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, if Supergirl was lady Superman, I mean, maybe the Jewish delegation should have drafted a lady stiltman, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but that's not what happened here. That is not what happened. It's not lady stiltman. It is Callie Ryan, uh, 
and their fan cast slash visual reference was Stacy Dash, who is black and Mexican. And what I like to say here is, I didn't expect to talk about Stacy Dash on my podcast uh, ever, um, but I especially didn't think of of her and trying to imagine her as a not just a supervillain, but like a supervillain that we. I mean, I know I know Stacy Dash is a joke, but not the not a joke in the same way that Lady Stiltman is a joke, um, and. And I don't know, I mean, are, are we gonna just reimagine her backstory as like, cause her hair seems fine. Um, I, as far as I know, she doesn't have any problematic views about the black community. You know, like it's just weird that of all the characters to saddle with with the look of Stacey Dash, we, we've decided, is it bad enough to be Lady Stiltman, but then to also be Stacey Dash underneath it? I know it's, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't. It just feels like a. It feels like a, one of those of uh, um, racial draftings that that harm the character more than than it sh- than it should help the character. You know. Yeah, I'm not saying that there isn't room for Lady Stiltman or Stacy Dash. Like there is room for Stacy Dash in this universe. Next season's Rocket Raccoon could very easily be <laughs> Stacy Dash. Isn't, isn't there a female? Isn't there a female uh, raccoon that, that is romance with with Rocket? There has to be, but I I am not familiar with said raccooness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just it's like I don't get the joke of of Stacy Dash as Lady Stiltman, so it doesn't. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not ringing for me. You know. Right. Me, Maybe maybe when when Shep is back on the show, maybe he'll explain um, what he was what he was going for with this yeah. with this casting. But again, if it's just like I really hate Lady Stiltman. Like, okay, all right, fair. <laughs> man, I but she didn't have to draft Lady Stiltman. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's the rub. Right. Aren't there characters that you like that you'd like to see made multiracial? <laughs> right. Oh man, it's it's the supplemental draft, not the detrimental draft. <laughs> it's like the hate draft. We'll we'll do a special episode where we'll draft characters that you hate played by played by people in the delegation that you hate. And I just gotta say, like the fall from grace for Stacy Dash, just like mm, yeah. I watched oh. Renaissance Man a lot when I was growing up because Stacy Dash was in it, and. Secondly, because it was kind of a cute movie and I was a kid, but Stacy Dash, like for puberty, Carlos, Stacy Dash was a okay. And now it's like, I can't even, I can't. Like, like I used to marvel at the fact that Stacy Dash played a high schooler in like the 90s and then played herself, played the same high schooler, the same character, like 10 years later. <laughs> and, and people let her cook. Like they were just like, yeah. It works. Yeah, she yeah. she doesn't age. She doesn't age. That's the right. thing. If you if you know, like, you know, she eventually did start aging. We'll we'll, we'll give we'll leave it at that. But yeah, Lady Stiltman, I just don't see it. The people though, eighty percent approval rating. Weirdly enough, sixty hmm. percent strongly approved, twenty percent somewhat approved, zero percent somewhat disapproved, and twenty percent 
not fans of Lady Stiltman, not fans of, of, of Stacey Dash, let us know which one, which one is it? Oh no, you know what? It was me. Sorry. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I strongly disapproved. I outed myself and I, and I strongly disapproved because I'm like, but, but why? Yeah. But, if you but have Stacey why? Dash's abomination. Okay. Ooh, good. Nice. It, I mean, lady, lady abomination. <laughs> lady abomination, <laughs> man. <laughs> Abominatrix. <laughs> and that brings us to your twofer from Latinx delegation. You already went through Lynn Manuel Multimanuel. No, Lynn Multimanuel Moreira. There we go. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, 100% approval rating. Let's jump right to the end. You did the thing. I didn't what get did, that thousand. What didn't points. happen though? What didn't happen is you didn't even try. You didn't even, you didn't even like, you know, could have photoshopped like some different Lynn Manuels, you know, and the thing. See yeah, what no, I like. I, I honestly started to. I started a drawing and I was like, this is a lot of people to draw <laughs> in a picture. And it's all the same guy. <laughs> but uh I got to like three of them. And I was like, I'm I can't, I can't finish this. Well. And that, that's when we learned limitations of uh, multiple manual. <laughs> and that brings us to the final pick of the week, which was not announced in the podcast. So I will let you have the floor. All right. So like I've said before, I tend either a lot of the times what I do is I think of an actor that I want to feature a Latinx actor that I want to get in into this this canon into this universe, and uh, one legend um, of stage and screen who I couldn't I had never gotten in was Rita Moreno, and so you know if I'm going to cast Rita Moreno, it's either going to be Aunt May, Agatha Harkness, or Madam Web. And I thought, wait, no, Madam Web, she'd be perfect. It, yeah. it's, she gets to sit. <laughs> She's 80-something <laughs> years old. She gets to sit down and be comfy and be Madam Web. And, and there's, listen, there's no reason that Madam Web can't also sing. Um, so perfect. there's that as well. Yeah. Yes. I really wish Rita Moreno had been in a production of Kiss of the Spider Woman. It would have been perfect. Ooh, but I could nice. not, I could not find a a picture like that but well the people gave it a 90.9 approval rating near perfect 81.8 strongly approved 9.1 percent somewhat approved zero percent somewhat disapproved and 9.1 percent racist <laughs> but that's our week that was our uh, was a you know there was really light little light on picks this time around but hopefully in the upcoming Hopefully in the upcoming week, we, we, we get a bunch and we get a lot of stuff to talk about, about these picks. You know, I, I, I want to I hear more about the interplay between these different racially drafted characters, you know, just kind of remembering where everyone stands. Mm -hmm. um, you know, part of the fun of the supplemental draft is getting in these characters that, you know, that bounce off of the other characters that, you know, they don't have to all be supporting characters, but you know, it's fun, you know, they're not scoring points. So just think about like, who you'd like to see alongside, um, alongside the more prominent heroes and you know, on the screen. And um, like, you know, like you often do, you, you think about like, 
whether it's an actor or whether it's a, a visual that that you'd like associated with the, the the character you know i think there's a lot of different ways to play it and mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to seeing how the different delegations play it in the, in the upcoming week so i'm saying i i wish we could see the gotham city well first of all i wish we could see the gotham city that we created last season where it's just yeah. basically like <laughs> uh, it's basically miami but uh <laughs> um but like this season um there is like there are still latinx characters but there are a lot of like asian characters mm-hmm. as well all around the white batman but like there's like <laughs> there's asian ghost maker there's asian grifter um you know there's latin latinx uh nightwing and barbara gordon but in a way i feel like i mean you know read in reading uh, Tinian and also Tinian's Batman and also the detective comic book it does somewhat feel like they're trying to make Gotham more diverse in in the way that they're um portraying Gotham this new you know this new Gotham right I mean their their mayor's Japanese um former police commissioner I believe um obviously you know you have Renee Montoya now as the the new commissioner um, you have these different neighborhoods that you know pur- purportedly existed before, but you know now we're <laughs> you know right. seeing all these like uh, there's like a Harlem now in Gotham where Red Hood was hanging out. You know, apparently he has all these black friends right. that we didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, and it's all that all that stuff makes sense. Like there should yeah. be, you know, it, if your city is more Boston than yeah. New York you know that's fine but like the 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 gotham that we are shown is a major sprawling metropolis there's no way it is that white yeah it couldn't be no you know couldn't be so yeah it would helps to to if you're going to modernize gotham if you're going to make it feel like um a 21st century city that you both the supporting cast and the the heroes that the police that city, well, not police the city, but patrol that city would reflect the population of the city. You'd hope, yeah. And the villains, like it should be, yeah. That there too, should yeah. be, a, yeah. They should be dispersed like that. Oh yeah, I forgot with, with the Black Riddler, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Riddler, the Riddler, Enigma, Enigma, <laughs> Enigma please. <laughs> oh man, well. We've all got one more agenda item, and that is the news. And we had a pretty, pretty stacked week of news. I might as well start with um, Disney Plus Day, which a lot of people were building up as almost like a Comic-Con level event, which definitely didn't live up to that. But Disney Plus told us about a lot of shows that were being announced, or they either announced or uh, gave us a sampler of shows that were to come. One of the biggest pieces of news is that the 1990s X-Men is making a comeback. Wow. X-Men 97 is what it's going to be called. And uh, right now, I'm in, I'm your baby tonight. Um, thinking about that theme song. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and yeah. I definitely played the theme song. We had like, we were like, you know, Alexa, play the X-Men theme song. <laughs> and we had it playing while we were making dinner. 
it's iconic yeah yeah it is it's really up there with like danny elfman's batman score like it's it is top notch like that is when you think of x-men that song should be playing in your head i mean it's up there in the like cartoon superhero cartoon intros i mean there's like spider-man x-men probably no transformers yeah. is up there transformers and gi joe are up there too yes yeah that's true but this doesn't even have lyrics which is no. you know it's yeah the closest thing to lyrics is that one bell gong that happens. so that's coming um i think 2023 is when so we're over a year away from that um, additionally, another animated, actually two animated projects, which um, one is going to exist in the, I suppose we could say MCU multiverse, and that would be Marvel Zombies. Uh, if you've been watching What If, then you know that they gave us a taste, if you will, of the Marvel Zombies. And, um, you know, we're going to get a chance to uh, sink our teeth into some more marvel zombies um i don't think they told us when that's coming but they're working on that the more surprising announcement spider-man freshman year are you looking forward to seeing not only an animated series set in the mcu but a spider-man series set in the mcu uh i'm i'm quite excited about this uh i am I guess curious is the best word because if if the Spider-Man in the MCU picks up sophomore year, mm-hmm. you're just getting an entire series that's just set in one high school year. Is it a limited series that's going to kind of give us a year one kind of situation? I mean, it definitely feels like, yeah, Spider-Man year one, right? Right. Um, but does I, that mean it won't be multiple seasons of this then? Because then how could it if the MCU picks up in sophomore year? Yeah, probably. I mean, it yeah. probably will. It probably will just be. I mean, I, I suppose they could squeeze it into two seasons, you know, right? Like a first semester, second semester type deal. Yeah, and there, um, I guess there was, you know, there was a season of Saved by the Bell where they just worked at the beach. Um, so <laughs> why, <laughs> why couldn't Peter get a summer job? Yeah, I mean, I what I'm curious about is how about like how much retconning is there going to be in fleshing out this first year? Mm-hmm. Things that we just naturally assumed didn't happen. Characters that we assumed that he didn't have any interactions with, we could find out that he had his first interactions with them in his freshman year of high school. Like, like, like who? Who, who are you thinking of? Um, I mean, a bunch of people. You can think of like sort of like the low-level villains, maybe before they, you know, became mm. bigger deals. Um, I see. You know, maybe like rhino when he was just like a guy um, right um you know there's there's some like really low level like i mean hey maybe even stiltman stiltman seems like the kind of person that um like could be especially he's like stiltman 1.0 so like he's just he just goes like one story up you know <laughs> you know young peter is taking him out and he you know gets defeated and he's like oh, i gotta work my stilts you know, next it'll, time. It'll, 
it'll be know? interesting to see because he won't have the spider-man suit, suit. right um he presumably if we're going to watch the origin if we're going to see him get bit by a spider that means we might see uncle ben well you know listen Every, there's a whole segment of the fan base that's like, I want to see Uncle Ben die. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. You know what, Uncle Ben? <laughs> Uncle Ben should be wearing a pearl necklace at this point because <laughs> he is just Martha Wayne. Um, he should be wearing a red shirt. Is what you yes. say. <laughs> all of it. Red shirt, pearl necklace, all of it. Uh, like, on the on the verge of retirement. Like, yes. <laughs> if I ever direct a Spider-Man movie, Uncle Ben. When he dies, a, a string of pearls will fall to the ground. <laughs> he maybe he was gonna bring it to Aunt May and he drops yes. it and it just like shatters on the ground. <laughs> but yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, I'm interested in the series. Um, I'm interested to see what what the relationship is to the to the film franchise and like is it is it going to be that faithful to it? Yeah, I'm I would definitely be curious because um, they, I know they showed like one image and it seemed very influenced by, you know, the Ditko early, mm-hmm. uh, early Spider-Man. Um, yes. But that guy doesn't look anything like Tom Holland. Right. And, and I would be very curious to see how they bridge the gap. If they, if they are in fact going with something, you know, that like did go influenced, if they, if they really are going to have over the course of one year, um, him like growing into like the New York team that, that uh, Tom Holland Spidey seems to be. Right. The other yeah, I other could thing see, that- I could see it too. Like um, I could see a situation where like, if it's, you know, 10 episodes or whatever um where it's you know him building his suit and making the webbing and whatnot and maybe the the overarching character is someone like tombstone or something someone that's not that we don't necessarily we're probably never going to see in a movie and so Mm. it doesn't quite matter and someone that doesn't have a ton of like superpowers you know yeah no, but see, I, I actually think I would like it more if there wasn't an overarching villain and it was more kind of mm-hmm. episodic and it was more about like an overarching storyline of him um, just growing up and, and, the, and the villains were either disposable or were all kind of like teasers for villains that we could see later in their more... Um, you know, fully established forms. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the same way that Spider-Man got to level up when he got his suit. Mm-hmm. Like these guys level up, um, you know, from small time hoods to they link up with the Tinkerer. Hey, I mean, what if it was like the Tinkerer, but like the Tinkerer didn't know, you know, because yeah, ostensibly Vulture and the Tinkerer, they're 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 running their their gang, they're doing their thing. They've been doing it since you know for for a while. Yeah. So he could be you know funding, he you know he could be funding all these 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 villains, but giving them like really really like low level stuff until they make enough money to. It's almost it almost feels like video gamey where they're like you know they right. they're operate on like their level one supervillain gear. And and eventually 
if they can get enough heists and get away with enough crime, they can afford enough money to get the good stuff. Yeah. Someone like Roderick Kingsley, you know, Mm -hmm. you could have him, you know, be involved where he's like the money man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, you know, I was not expecting that announcement at all. So now what I am curious about is what role, if any, does Sony play in this? Um, you know, mm. given that, I mean, obviously it's, it's animated, it's not live action, but, you know, Sony does have designs on wanting to either uh, get Spider-Man back in its clutches or get some of these projects, Spider-Man, Spider-Man affiliated enough to mm-hmm. where people will, will want to watch it. Might, might there have been some sort of concession where you know, where some of, where they loan out some of those characters to uh, make them more attractive when they get their own Sony projects, you know? Wouldn't it be, yeah. I mean, I assume you saw uh, at least a couple episodes of Gotham? Yes. Like, yeah. what, if, what if Felicia Hardy was like another high schooler who is like <laughs> doing, sure. doing like black caddy stuff, but like, you know, but Peter doesn't know. It's like a whole whole subplot, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, you know. And then by the end, she transfers out of the school, so that's why she's not there. That's why she's not there when we get to homecoming. It's almost too perfect. Mm-hmm. Or, or even Gwen. Or even like Gwen Stacy. You know, like because because the other thing that they could do, we don't know how long Peter's been in that school. Um, in sure in Midtown High, Midtown High, maybe, you know, maybe in the beginning he was in one school and he transferred to Midtown High. Sure. Maybe yeah. he had a whole host of friends that he left behind before he, you know, before he met up with the people from homecoming. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man, what was I, I was just about to say about this? Oh, so my favorite Spider-Man animated series is Spectacular Spider-Man, um, I've heard which, of it. Deals, which deals with spider-man in high school uh it's it's perfection and it was one of those things that i was very um i was very sad because it was right when the whole sony disney i think it was when disney bought marvel or something like like right then and all of the old shows went away and and spectacular just happened to be on the cutting cutting room floor so i have been kind of starved for a good spider-man animated series since then so and I would totally be remiss if I didn't mention that, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that we get bonus points for. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and give, go ahead and give Peter Parker, let's say five bonus points. Nice. For, for a freshman year. Oh, um, the other thing too is um, the, I had this conversation with, with someone on Twitter earlier this week that, so the Avengers video game, um peter parker is now like a like a A dlc character a dlc character exclusive to the playstation and people are like why did you do this and why would you make him only available for the playstation you're alienating all the xbox users or whatever and i was like well they own sony owns the rights so yeah he's going to be on playstation and i was corrected he does sony does not own video game rights for for spider-man Right, but uh, they do. Pu- they do publish the. They do publish the game. 
they publish the, that one game, but that one yeah. game is not the manufacturer of the Avengers game. Different. So right. they have no right, but I would no imagine inherent right. No, I mean for, for yeah, I don't think there's there would be an inherent right, but I think it would be more along the lines of Spider-Man was licensed by Sony for a video game, and so as to not potentially um, compete with the terms of presumably the the license was exclusive Mm -hmm. Um, and the way to maybe get around that was to say well you know we're going to allow you to to expand spider-man beyond that exclusive license but only on a platform that's not competing with because because the spider game is also exclusive to, to PlayStation, right, right right yeah right so so to that end they're not it's not on a competing platform right so so what i was thinking was i could under i think that there might be a series of sort of handshake deals right. between marvel and sony about the rights of spider-man when you were talking about how much is sony involved in this cartoon mm-hmm. it might not be that they're involved at all but that the cartoon is being constructed in such a way that Sony is like, this is fine. Like, yeah, we are, you know, we can appease this. Yeah. Because well, especially really because with anything, well, especially because it's, if it, if it is supposed to sit in the MCU, then, mm-hmm. then it does um, have some sort of impact in how the MCU Spider-Man is, is perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, depending on whatever direction that character goes, and whether you know, from a continuity standpoint, those things want to be they want to have these things addressed. Let's say, let's say they this this happens, it, it comes off like the gangbusters. People love it, and whatever cast members, whatever people are on the show that aren't part of the MCU, um, I mean, sorry, part of the live action MCU, the fans are clamoring to see to see those characters in Mm -hmm. subsequent movies sony benefits from that right and likewise i don't think you're gonna see eddie brock you know in this season of this show unless sony's like yeah you please put eddie brock in the show right as like a reporter so that we can when we do venom 3 we can be like you see even back then (laughs) right 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 unless you can unless you can make it work for the sony movies I don't think Marvel will cross Sony on this series, even though they don't have to honor the Sony films at all on a TV show. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I mean, even before this, I, I wanted, I always wanted to know how it, how it breaks down of like who decides which characters go yeah. into Spider-Man movies and which characters Sony uh, gets to make their own projects with. Right. Um, is it one of those things where Sony says we'd like to make a project with Venom, therefore he's ours, or is it a thing where Marvel says we'd like to make to use Vulture? Do you have a problem with that? Right. I, I wish that there was like it. It would be super boring, but I would totally listen to like a four-hour podcast of some lawyer with inside information, just being like, "This is how it works." Because, like, I remember like the disputes of like people saying Marvel could totally use Mary Jane Watson because the MCU MJ 
is not Mary Jane Watson. So Sony has not used Mary Jane. So, um, you know, like like things like that. So, I mean, but it, but then, you know, like what tends to happen, and you know, this is me speaking as a lawyer, is that you know you have what's in the contract, and then you have the spirit of the agreement. Mm-hmm. And and given that this is an agreement that is constantly being re-upped, you want to stay in the good graces, so that right. there, so that the next round of negotiations uh, goes smoothly. Right. You know, it's yeah. not it's not it's not a one time deal where you can screw someone or screw someone and, and say, well, if you don't like it, see you in court. Nobody right. wants nobody wants to take anybody to court over Spider-Man. That that hurts. That hurts everybody. Right. Yeah. So so the direction that they'd like to go is everything happening. But even even when we talked about the Scarlett Johansson thing in general, disputes are better suited with being resolved behind the scene through informal handshake type deals, mm-hmm. you know, quid pro quo, so to speak. Right. So that, you know, so that everybody just keeps making money and you don't get the, the negative press of these companies aren't getting along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, almost I, why I could see a scenario where, you know, Sony kind of gives them a couple notes and says, hey, wouldn't it, you know, maybe you could mention, mention this character that's going to show up in, in one of our movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, all that to say, I don't think the MC, you know, Marvel is going to cross Sony in this series. And I think that any ties to the Sony films, Sony has definitely either given the green light or directly asked for <laughs> so right. yeah so some let's let's move on to some of the other projects that were that we got teasers for we we got a fair amount of, of footage from Hawkeye which I guess at this point uh, about a month and a half I mean sorry about a week and a half yeah um, from from making its debut um, so look forward to that two 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 episodes on November 24th for Thanksgiving right the, yeah, the day the day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday. Oh yeah, because Wednesdays. Oh yes, I forgot Wednesdays, not Thursday, not Fridays. Yeah, right. So yeah, right before your right before your Thanksgiving, you're gonna get two episodes of Hawkeye. Hell yeah. Um, so so there's that about a week and a half. Excuse me, and we got a fair amount of footage from that, so I'm looking forward to that. We also got about thirty seconds a piece um, from Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, she Hulk and Ms. Marvel. Um, and to that, let me go ahead and award some bonus points for, for uh, characters getting there a little bit of shine. I'll start with the Hawkeyes. Uh, let's see. Clint was white, I believe. In, mm-hmm. So he gets, I'll give, him, I'll give him three bonus points for a thing that we all know is coming. And right, it's going to get points for every yeah, week. From here for every, yes, so let's 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 give three three points for Clint, three points for Kate, Kate Native American, Kate Bishop. Mm. Let's since it's a first look, first look at Moon Knight. We'll give them five points. First time we got to see Moon Knight on screen, and also five points for She Hulk. Who I believe is Jewish. 
Yes. That's I believe that's correct. So five points for Jewish She-Hulk. Who's got Moon Knight? Black delegation. Mm. And um yeah, I mean, did you have any any thoughts about those about the footage that, that came out? Yes. Uh Moon Knight looks, I mean, just obviously from the quick, the quick trailer teaser, um, it looks violent, more violent than I'm used to from, from the MCU. Um, and I'm here for it. I want this, this opens up the, the, the avenue, I think for daredevil honestly that's what i'm thinking of um you know where maybe you're not getting r-rated but you're getting a hard pg-13 violence factor um although maybe you are maybe you are getting blood and you know lots of blood um but it moon knight looks exciting to me she hulk i honestly didn't see enough of it to make like a judgment on really anything on tone or, or anything for me um, well, a couple of things stood out to me. Um, one is that it's, it seems like it's happening in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this one shot, which was very brief, but that looked to be like She-Hulk at, at like, you know, like a sequin dress. Um, it was more like a green leg in a sequin dress, but I assume okay. that's She-Hulk. Um, I, I think that they might be going to the more um, She-Hulk as a celebrity route. Mm. The, you know, that, that, that tone that I was, a, you know, one of my favorite runs on She-Hulk is, you know, it does have that that tone of, you know, She-Hulk, the celebrity superhero, who's also the attorney for the superheroes. Um, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be seeing. Was it like a commercial when she's like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry? Is it like her? It looked like, it definitely looked like one of those lawyer commercials, you know, the yeah. way she looked at, especially the pose that, um, that Bruce Banner was in, like, you know, he looked kind of, like I said, he, like he was posing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and the way that she looked directly at the camera did, I know some people online with, were saying that she was breaking the fourth wall, but that felt to me like she was looking at the camera, like in, in, in the way that uh, Better Call, you know, on the Better Call Saul, it's like, right. I will fight for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it, the, 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 the line delivery on it uh, felt very, um, daytime lawyer commercials yeah the other thing about moon knight was uh you know i if it is like a they're going with the the multiple personalities mm-hmm. angle um which i think has been hinted at right even still the first soundbite we hear from moon knight should not be a dick van dyke cockney accent <laughs> um it was troubling for a lot of people it's like wait what I mean, but if they are trying to establish that, um, listen, Oscar Isaac be acting like he likes he likes yes. acting. Yes, um, if sure. they if they wanted to establish that this guy had multiple personalities, having him have different voices and different accents, and it all be Arthur, I mean, um, all be um, Oscar Isaac. Like, I I weirdly enough, I mean, it wasn't as dark. I was somewhat picking up like late late half of the the batman trailer vibes from you know from some of the beatdowns hmm. so mm-hmm. you know i think that they're i think they are leaning into the this is he's not batman actually 
but he he gives you some of those Batman vibes, those those uh, street vigilante in a in a suit, um, but but with with a healthy dose of insanity mixed in, you know. Yeah, I'm really hoping that this is like that. This new era for Marvel is that they're going to open up all the corners and let them cook, and that this is the street level vigilante corner, and that that allows for your daredevils and your punishers and your whatever, what have you, Mm -hmm. um, to be of a different tone than say Miss Marvel. Yeah. I mean, and, but where, where I sort of, I hear that. And I did, and I definitely think that, you know, even, you know, for the most part, the series that we've gotten thus far have been different and distinct. You know, they, they, there's been a, you know, some, some elements of oh yeah this is a marvel thing just mm-hmm. how certain shots are put together but but it does feel like wandavision's doing one thing loki's doing another thing that's a that's a set design is 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 uh, different for mm-hmm. um you know falcon and winter soldier has got a different tone i mean it, like i said it's it, it is it can be all marvel while still being while being different enough that we can understand that they're they're operating in different corners of the universe. So I, I think I for sure think that's going to happen. But I also think that um, one of the downsides of when you know Marvel Netflix was, you know, you had you had Daredevil, I think, you know, top to bottom, it's probably like the best across all three seasons um, of the series. Other the other ones, there was a little bit of a three little bears thing, you know, where like some of them were were too dark, too gritty, others were too cheap, you know. I'm looking at you, Iron Fist. Um, <laughs> and you know, then you had like Luke Cage where the wild vacillations in tone. Um yeah. but but because of the budgets, because of the fact that that it was operating within this like con- these, these constraints of production, it didn't it didn't always feel like every show was distinct. I mean, the cast were the the performances were, but it still but it, you know they were they were the first seasons they were all building towards this defenders thing which yeah. didn't really come together the way it could have not quite um you know obviously like i said you know there were different creatives involved so you could tell based on you know the quality that they were different shows but but visually i didn't it didn't feel it felt like for the most part one one story with different not one star, sorry, one show with different leads uh, for different times. And, and, and I, I don't yeah, think, I, think that's right. I don't think we'd want that. Um, I think we'd want, even if there are multiple street level characters that, that interact, I would like them to, to feel at home in their own shows. Sure. I do think that there's, you know, the issue that the Netflix series had is like, they weren't distinct from each other but they were distinct from the rest of the MCU. Like they, yeah, they didn't, you know, it was always clear that like Charlie Cox was not going to show up in an Iron Man movie. Like it just yeah. didn't, that, that didn't work. And if it did happen, one of those characters would be wildly out of their element. 
Um, even 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 if we're talking just other television shows, like even like Agents of Shield, it would have been it would, it would right. have felt wildly out of place. Right. So um, so that's why you always got passing references to an alien mm-hmm. attack on New York, which I'm sorry, that would be all everyone's talking about all of the time. Um, but uh, I do think that like there is going to have to be some some level of like not the same palette but like the the occult things are going to probably have to look relatively similar so that if blade shows up in moon knight and moon knight shows up in werewolf by night like it all makes sense exactly in a way that like if miss marvel shows up in blade that's gonna that should look weird because (laughs) what you know um so i i do think that there is going to have to be playing with the sort of like palettes and the and the and even just like down to the down to the color timing just to make it yeah look and like I, and I feel like piece. we I feel like we kind of got a taste of that in Infinity War you know like I remember that like hard cut to the to the Guardians mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh yeah we're we're mashing together you know the the, the cosmic and the Earth Marvel you know mm-hmm. like I I don't remember I want to say it was like one of the, the Captain America scenes that cut away, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was, it was something else, but it, would, it, it definitely felt like a tonal shift. And, but it still, again, still felt like all Marvel. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, that, and, I, and honestly, like I walked out of Infinity War, like telling my wife, like that was maybe one of the most like difficulty up to 11 levels of storytelling because you had 35 characters mm-hmm. and like wildly different backgrounds like the the cosmic and the magical and the science all of the spy stuff all of that had to come together in the same movie and make sense and make you like you still had to, not only did it have to make sense you had to be entertained and it mm-hmm. works it works so well in infinity war i mean and end game too but specifically in infinity yeah. war which like wow how did they do this yeah well, I mean, the other thing is that, like, to com- contrast the two, Infinity War was bringing all these threads together. Once the threads are together, you understand why Endgame, you know, exists the way it exists. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's already together. Everyone's already right. got this united in this common purpose. They're, you know, Thanos won, right? You know, so so it's the people trying to, you know, trying to defeat Thanos or reverse the, the snap or what have you. Right. That's that's going that even though you had the time heist and you had that kind of stuff, you know, like you're you're still dealing with kind of like one linear plot mm-hmm. of these people trying to do a thing. Right. Um, whereas in Infinity War, it's there's all these different places. They're trying to stop Thanos. They're trying right. to accumulate the stones for themselves. Some people are trying to defend the, the stones against, you know, they don't trust each other. They're meeting each other for the first time. It's a whole, you know, it's, it, there are a lot of moving parts. And I, and I agree uh, in terms of what kind of success it was in, in terms of how, how ambitious the project was to bring together all those disparate elements and it's you know it's really, if we think sorry one more thing yeah. if we think that that we're culminating into something similar at some point then it's going to be twice as ambitious the next time around yes right 
I think the the uh, what doesn't get enough credit is the Thor Ragnarok of it all, where you have like they they start doing the work in Thor Ragnarok because you have Hulk who has mm-hmm. never left Earth and now he's on another planet. Mm-hmm. He's you you've taken one of your Earthbound characters and you've moved them to the Galactic, and you've moved Thor who Thor stories have either been on earth or on this like Lord of the Ringsian version of right. space. And you put them in the more guardians of the galaxy ish Ragnarok movie. I forget right. what's the name of that, that, that planet that they're on. Um, uh, the Jeff Goldblum planet. Wasn't it Sakaar? It wasn't Sakaar? Sakaar. Yeah. Yeah. Sakaar. Yeah. Um, so you, you've basically, you've taken these characters in a way that totally works, but like, Thor was part of this different version of space than the Guardians, mm-hmm. and Hulk was always Earthbound. And you put them on this, for lack of a better word, like more Guardians version of space. Mm-hmm. Then in Infinity War, Hulk gets sent back to to Earth, and Thor teams with the Guardians. And now, like right. now, you can start moving the pieces. And it isn't until Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Strange are in space that they team up with the Guardians. So like it, it all, there was like a, it was a very skillful moving of pieces so that it wasn't too fish out of water for, for anyone. It was, it was mm-hmm. gradual. So you didn't really, you were just turning up the heat, you know, boiling the water slowly so that by the end of it, you're like, yeah, no, Rocket Raccoon is in Wakanda and this is totally yeah. fine. <laughs> and know? and yeah, and and what's his name? And Winter Soldier's picking up Rocket while he shoots a gun, you know, and you he have that not moment. asking why that raccoon can speak and is say, demanding yeah. his prosthetic arm. You have I am Groot followed by I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of aliens were seen today. And yeah, it's it's uh it was all the groundwork was started, I think. I think Ragnarok is the first one where characters from other back, you know, I guess milieu is the best word I can think of is like, you took the earth, the earth character, you put them in space. You took Mm -hmm. the Lord of the Rings version of space character. You put them in the guardians planet. Like, yeah. I mean, well, that's why, you know, when I urge people to do like, you know, there's like the full rewatch and then there's the essential rewatch. Yeah. Like Ragnarok is one of those, like, you might think it's light and airy, but it's an essential rewatch movie right. because it sets that that middle piece of, you know, what happened to the Hulk, you know, when he left right. in Age of Ultron? Like, what happened to Thor? Why is Thor like? You need that middle step to see why Thor went from this this you know Shakespearean, um, you know, Lord of the Rings in in sort of space, you know, <laughs> right. to to like rock and roll, cosmic, bright colors, you know, more jokes, right? Um, like, and and yeah, and and comfortable with Asgard being part of the cosmos rather than this sort of god realm, right? Exactly. Could have which it could have been. It could have been this thing totally distinct from space, right? Yeah. But anyways, all that all that to say, I'm excited for Moon Knight. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I guess we, yeah, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, Ms. Marvel. I mean, we didn't get a lot of that either. Um, right. We didn't get one of the, uh, the infamous, the infamous power change that has been wildly rumored. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no indications as to whether, as to whether that's actually going to happen. Um, 
I mean, it's like I said, it's been heavily rumored, but they did not confirm it in this uh, sizzle reel. I would say yep. at this point, I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen that way, right? Like it seems the heavily rumored almost seems confirmable because you're almost looking at merch stuff like. And I suppose if she was going to be using her actual powers, they would have teased it a little bit at some point. Perhaps. In the trailer. Yeah. Unless the effects are just too expensive. Right. But I'm still holding out hope that she will use her powers, but then also have this little purple trinket. Um, additionally, we got some announcements that we didn't know about before, such as Echo, which had been rumored, but mm -hmm. was confirmed. Uh, Agatha, House of Harkness, which was also rumored, had been confirmed. And then we got some logos, um, you know, Ironheart logo, um, Secret Invasion logo. Mm -hmm. With with Nick Fury, fully uh, bearded. Yeah, but he's been bearded before. Has he looked that old? I've never seen Nick Fury look that old. He was, yeah, remember he had the one when he was uh, incognito after, after like, at the end of, of Captain America or maybe you know, at the end of the Avengers, one of those movies where he's supposed to be like kind of dead, but he's not. He just shows up. He's like, I'm still around. I'm Nick Fury, you know. But, hmm. I mean, he was he was cleaner in, in, in Far From Home for sure. But yeah. but you've seen him in his little like, um, you know, you're not supposed to know where I'm at doing things behind the scenes. He's just can't look like super spy Nick Fury at that point. He's wearing like shades and a scully you know but yeah but he's got like black snake moan beard going on like it's it's <laughs> that's true that, that is bushy and gray yeah i wonder if there's a story behind that yeah but we're still a ways off from that isn't that is that 2023 everything's been pushed i have no idea i'm just yeah that, that's just, one thing like, that is one thing that he did not do they didn't the only thing that they put was uh hawkeye and i think they said summer I think they said summer for for the Marvels. And that was okay. it. Everything else was just coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> Tell you when. It's kind of surprising yeah. that they didn't do a fandom style, you know, talk about it for two minutes before showing you the teaser type thing. I'm actually I'm actually fine. Fine with it. Fine. Sure. Just, yeah. You know, because we all know what they're gonna say. They're just gonna say the the kind of fluff that we, you know, it's the greatest thing ever. You know, we're, we're not done, but, but it's just going to be awesome. When I saw the script, I knew this <laughs> was the Hawkeye story to tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, well, we have more than enough time to get all those platitudes. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to see what we've been working on. <laughs> oh, man. The, the worst part is that, um, oh, I guess we should also mention what if season two is happening? Did they mm -hmm. say did they say when that was coming or no? I don't think so. No, probably not. That's probably gonna be a gap filler though. Because if Ms. Marvel, you know, people I thought Ms. Marvel was gonna come out in in March in the spring. Mm. Um, but now it's being confirmed for the summer. Are they really going to uh, leave a bunch of hungry slash thirsty MCU fans with nothing between Spider-Man? And right. and Doctor Strange in in May. There was also the um, 
the I am Groot shorts that are probably for oh yeah small kids. That's true. I'm trying to think, was there any? It was a Guardians Christmas special, but that's that's not this year, right? I believe that's next year. Yeah. You know what's interesting? So so they're calling it X Men ninety seven. That series debuted in ninety two. Yes, but I think it ended in ninety five. Or I would you know assume I mean? it ended in ninety seven, honestly. But um, I, you know, they want to. They probably want to give like a little buffer. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like ended in ninety five, picks up in ninety seven. Mm-hmm. It gives people the opportunity to say like, since you saw us last, everybody got redesigned. These kids, <laughs> they've all had plastic surgery. <laughs> These these people are married. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting. But it's like you know, close enough, close enough that you know that's still the same era, but 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 enough of a gap that it doesn't you know it's. I don't think they want you to watch like the season finale or sorry the series finale of the original X Men series and then it picks up immediately after that. You know. Fair. I think it's also interesting that they're 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 giving us an X-Men series. So this is officially the first mutant thing that we've gotten from Marvel, correct? Like, Well, Disney owned Marvel, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and it's just like the, hey, this is definitely a retro series. Do not count this. Like, yes, we're giving you this because- you, Because we know how much you love it. Because we know how much <laughs> you stream it. And so we're gonna give you a little yeah. bit more of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 like a it's it's like you know what, what happened with like Young Justice, where you know you had this beloved animated series, except on steroids because the show ended like thirty years ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like you know, we're we're bringing back a show from you know from twenty five to thirty years ago, and you're gonna love it because you know that theme song. You know when that theme song hits, like <laughs> I got the. Dude, I got the um, the first episode of that is called Night of the Sentinels, mm-hmm. and I got the VHS copy of that at Pizza Hut back when Pizza Hut was a sit down restaurant. And you rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I owned Night of the Sentinels on VHS from Pizza Hut. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I mean, it's too bad. That was one, that's one of those things where I wish they could have kept the secret and they would be like, and it's dropping yep. next month. Right, <laughs> right. People would be losing their shit if I mean, there was an X-Men thing, animated thing happening in December. Can you just imagine if like, they didn't announce it at all? Just released it? Like, wait, what? No, I mean you gotta announce it because you gotta the, get it because you gotta get the reaction. But yeah, if it was a if it was an announcement that would was happening as soon as as soon as uh, as we finished as, as, <laughs> the next time you open up uh, Disney Plus, right. it will be sitting there. <laughs> right. Was like, like, what was um there was the Cloverfield sequel paradox um, yes yeah Cloverfield we're, paradox we're, they announced it in the super bowl right it was a commercial ad in, in the super bowl and they said after the game it will it's be good. on netflix like, right that's and, and it, it yeah and and you know even though the movie was not very good everybody watched it because exactly. they were like that like is a, 
that you know all those people complaining about a spider-man trailer like that's how you do it right like if you're if you're gonna do a movie on streaming you put a you put an ad on the super bowl and you say as soon as this game is over you can stream this mm-hmm. and and you don't have to spend a year marketing your movie right <laughs> yeah i mean like you know disney owns abc christmas uh basketball on abc is huge just be like oh while you're watching the warriors play the bucks by the way after this game instead of flipping over to tnt why don't you go check out x-men 97 full season although it probably won't be a full season it'd be like one episode right they do everything they do everything episodically yeah i don't i mean maybe they'll put two episodes (laughs) maybe yeah oh man i i'm really curious because i know it's not mcu but the love, the, the love of X-Men, like I could just see them really slow rolling with the reveals of the different characters mm-hmm. and like who's going to be voicing them and like maybe some, some test footage. Like if they, they could do, they could make this slow rollout, like be a thing that people just are just hooked, hooked on. I do think they announced the voice acting, but I don't think that they announced who each person is playing. Oh, you mean they just announced like the... The cast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like one of the character designers for this upcoming series is on Twitter and apparently and on, on Instagram and has been making X-Men portraits the mm-hmm. whole time. And it was just like, oh, that's why... Yeah, I believe that's so the same... Like, I believe it's the same guy who redesigned uh, the Miles Morales suit. He's one. Of, he's um, Chase Conley is definitely on the uh, on the series, but I don't know if he was the lead character designer. Okay. But um, one of the one of the lead character designers is like on Instagram. I'll I'll find their uh, account and I'll I'll post I'll share it. But like they've just been posting these like profiles of X Men characters for apparently like the last year and like. Mm-hmm. And they looked like the the '90s series, and I was like, "Oh, I I think I know why you did that." And I think I think we may have just seen what these characters are going to look like, and they look gorgeous. They look amazing. So, from there, from the highs, comes a little <laughs> bit of a low, because I don't know if it's a low, but it's a it's a, it's a, it's being received as such. Uh, there was a big rumor that dropped today that involves uh, Doctor Strange. And uh, wait, was it today or yesterday? It might have been yesterday. Uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that movie had been pushed back. We had report, you know, we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But coming with the rumor that it's being um, pushed back, or the confirmation that's been pushed back, is the rumor that quote unquote significant reshoots are happening with the movie, um, and including today there were rumors that some of those reshoots might involve a certain uh, god of mischief. Really? But none of that's confirmed. It's just, it's just been swirling around. I mean, well, the, the reshoots part has been uh, reported by the trades, but exactly what's happening in the reshoots as to whether it's just going to be, um, you know, adding some pickup shots or if it's going to be uh, putting in new plot elements 
remains to be seen. I, you know, if you spend a little bit of time on Twitter, you know that people are saying they're panicking. They're panicking. The MCU is dying, and this is proof. Right. But we here at the racial draft, we'd like to to take a more, um, you know, a more sober approach to it, and we're just we're just eagerly eagerly awaiting um, the lack of leaks because nothing leaks, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, gonna be a while between now and May. So as soon as we get off of our off of our Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, binge or whatever it's called when you can't help yourself um it'll it'll be a doctor strange rumor season mm -hmm. people start clamoring why haven't we got a trailer yet where's our trailer right <laughs> yeah i uh they did say like the the report was that the some people are like you're overblowing this every marvel movie goes in for reshoots and some are saying like seven weeks to reshoot you're basically reshooting the whole movie um so it is interesting like I, I do wonder if this was something where because this is the one this is the movie that scott derrickson left because of creative differences right mm -hmm. and they brought in sam raimi and sam raimi is certainly an auteur and if it didn't jive with what they wanted it to to look like did they come back in and say, well, I also think that there was, you know, the, you can't discount the COVID factor, sure. you know, you know, I'm sure that there were things that they, you know, being COVID compliant, I don't know exactly what the restrictions are now as, as compared to what they were, but I would have to imagine with vaccines and everything, they're a little bit more lax in terms of proximity, um, right. being able to shoot more intimate scenes that, you know, could be something like that, that, um, you know, a movie that was due to come out like right after COVID, we would have those expectations with regard to, um, you know, that kind of COVID compliant spacing that next summer we might, we might have a different set of expectations. Right. And given that they have the time because of how much the movie's been pushed back, they might, you know, they might have going forward if the movie was was scheduled to drop you know three months earlier two months earlier but mm -hmm. since they have the time they might as well go in and, and make it make it a little cleaner you know guess you know the the, the part of the the source of the loki rumor uh, is that you know they were filming somewhat concurrently and maybe they would have liked to introduce or not introduce but but have an, an appearance since, right. since there is that overlap involving the multiverse but and now that it's possible they'll they're going to go ahead and, and make that uh make that a thing yeah i would say that i don't care if they're reshooting the whole movie if they're tweaking parts if they're enhancing parts as long as at the end of the day marvel and sam raimi are happy with the movie that got made I don't ultimately care what the reshoots are of. If That's Sam Raimi leaves this project and he's like, I'm never working with Marvel again. And in fact, I'm never making a superhero movie again. Like that would be really sad. Yes. So I hope that that's not the case. I hope it's not like 
they got scared off by whatever and they are like no we have to have more control now that would suck yeah yeah that would definitely suck i mean it would also suck if um you know sam Raimi leaves the movie they bring in ron howard to finish the movie and uh, <laughs> and a part um, that was supposed to be played by michael k williams gets played by paul bettany who's already in the mcu <laughs> yeah that would suck yeah um but apropos of nothing <laughs> i would be very very upset if there was a part that was supposed to be played by okay wait yeah they had already shot it but they reshot it out <laughs> oh all right well a story that is depending on how you look at it um maybe not as sad uh the first phase four marvel film that is confirmed to be released in China is No Way Home. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was going to make a joke about political prisoners in No Way Home, but I couldn't quite make it come together. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So uh, it appears that uh, so far, no one in the cast has said anything uh, critical of the Chinese government. So the movie's all set to go out. And um, that's probably an extra $200 million that, that they're going to make. Um, no, no word on whether Wong will be prominently featured on the poster as to, you know, uh, Spider-Man, no Wong home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did, he did go into the portal and leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, so more money, more money, money for Marvel. Um, money for sony oh yes i forgot mm -hmm. money for sony but uh still no word still no word on uh eternals of shang chi getting released in china which mm. if, if you would have told me right three years ago <laughs> that shang chi would not be released in china i would be like what happened to china <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you know and, you know what's funny is when when all that when Shang, when like the the hype around Shang Chi was 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 going, the hype machine was in full force. There were a lot of people that were like, "You guys understand that every movie in China is Chinese, right? Like this is Shang Chi is not special in China." <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a Marvel movie, and they like Marvel movies. Yes, usually. yes, but like you know? you know, they're like you understand that like it's not the the so you know the social impact that it is here yeah for sure there and i had never really thought of it that way it's like yeah of course they're, they're gonna be like so what you made a movie full of chinese people that's all of our movies right yeah but yeah i guess i was more looking at it from perspective of like if if your average marvel movie if your average marvel movie does this then like your average marvel movie with with cast members that can actually promote in china and are known you know stars right. in china you you would right. expect you know even more of an appeal right watched but. it with the whole family uh when it debuted on disney plus and everyone liked it so good for you marvel not everyone likes all the marvel movies in my house usually there's one holdout this one was like everybody loved it uh my wife was like my wife loves kung fu movies and so she was like mm -hmm. this she goes that's 
that's Jackie Chan. I was like, yeah. And that's Crouching Tiger. And that's Old Boy. And that's like, you know, the references are just coming. And she totally dug it. And I think, uh, I think Wenwu is my favorite villain in the MCU. I I loved Tony Leung's uh, performance. You'll be happy to know that based on, which I didn't even know this was a feature. um, Apparently there's a way to sort the MCU projects in the order that they uh, they happen in chronological order the timeline order. i just saw that today yeah so um so yeah that, that happened they um they did that and they found and we now know where shang chi where shang chi fits in the timeline and like uh, after you, winter falcon correct after winter falcon yeah so technically the latest the thing is that we still don't know where the Spider-Man movies are because they're not on Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah. I think we know that's a good point. Yeah, we know that No Way Home happens after Winter Falcon, but we don't know mm-hmm. wh- how far after Winter Falcon Shang-Chi appears. Right. And we there won't have to know. be yeah, there, there has to be like a newspaper or something in Shang-Chi. And you'd be like, okay, it's May, and they go on their summer vacation mm-hmm. in No Way Home or Far From Home. Yeah. Blah blah blah. That's a good point. That was a good yeah. points. Yeah, we'd have to know by the time of year, but it's San Francisco. Couldn't you can't tell. Right. <laughs> exactly. So fair. It's it's between I'd like to say it's Shang-Chi though, just because. I don't know, everyone seemed a little bit more like chill. Um, mm-hmm. Seemed like it was further out from the snap. Right. But, and also we, we don't know how far out the Eternals is from. Right. Is from everything. Well, so, technically, yeah. How, how are they going to do that one? If Eternals spans whatever, 7,000 years or whatever it is. Do they put I mean, it's, the beginning of the I mean, timeline it's flat, at the it's end fl- of the timeline? I mean, it's flashbacks, right? So okay, oh, spoilers. Okay. Spoilers for, for it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a there's a present day. Okay, okay. You know. Fair enough. <laughs> so that's that's your that's our, our timeline news, our nerdy timeline news. Um <laughs> Sorry, guys. Little technical difficulties as I try to pull up the later stories on the docket. Uh, I gotta say, when you said that this story, you know, this next story might be a downer, I thought we were talking about Black Panther. Um. Yeah. No, I decided not to put on (laughs) that. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) I'm sure you had a good reason for not including it. (laughs) We did talk about it last week, uh, briefly. Yeah. Um, this we've talked a lot about Marvel, and I finally decided I would end on a DC story. But DC Comics, I mean, we we occasionally talk about comics on the show. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, you're familiar, I'm sure, with the character Shazam, and I've his uh, and his uh, family of uh, Shazamily, if you will, <laughs> of uh, of different Shazams. Uh, you know, that many of whom are carryovers from when he used to be named uh, Captain Marvel. Correct. Um, and the uh, Marvel family. But uh, there's one, uh, you know, very popular 
of the Shazam, Shazamily, uh, Mary Marvel. Someone might ask, why, why are you called Mary Marvel if there's no Marvels in DC? Mary um, Marvel? I hardly know Marvel. <laughs> well, soon, let's see, I'm going to see 2022. Mary Bromfeld is her last name. She will be taking on the mantle of Shazam. No Mary Marvel, no more Shazam in 2022. Now, of course, gotta ask, what happened to Billy? Right. Well, this is a synopsis for the first issue. Billy's the new Iron Fist. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Bromfield has always struggled to determine who she is outside her family. Kind of hard to do when you're all superheroes. Now, after Billy Batson's heroic sacrifice, the power of Shazam has vanished, and she has been left powerless. Most heroes will be distraught, but not Mary. It's finally time for a voyage of self-discovery, and she prepares for a freshman, freshman year. How long have they been doing this? Freshman year of college and civilian life. But nothing is ever truly normal for this young hero, because she's just been chosen as the new champion of Shazam at least according to a talking rabbit sent by her estranged brother, Billy. Will she embrace the power or will it die alongside this world's hope of survival against the mysterious magical forces waiting to take control? So at least we know Billy's not dead, Mm -hmm. but he heroically sacrificed uh, his Shazam powers. And uh, in this book, starting February 8th, which is going to be during our season. Mm -hmm. The new champion of Shazam, number one. Look for it where you buy your DC comics. What is just random, random? They're, they're showing her character design. They're, they're trying to like make her a little bit on the thick side, a little bit, a little thick. I thought that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means now Billy is the talking rabbit. Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, you're calling it now. She's going to have to get richly drafted. She's going to get a little thicker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was our final news story of the week. Um, are there, was there any stories that, that I missed that we didn't, we didn't talk about? Uh, there's nothing I can think of off the top of my head. So, no. All right. Well... I thought we had a good talk. We had a fun, fun discussion. We went through our racial draft business. We got some, some uh, fun reminiscing about X Men '97, and a little bit, a little bit about uh, animated series and and how they're going to fit uh, Spider Man. Uh, hopefully, guys, if you hung along with us, hopefully, you know, like I always say, this is your first episode. I apologize, but if you've been with us, you know how we do. And if you're new, we hope that you do it along with us. So come on back as we change the complexion of the comic book universe with more draft picks, more discussions, more hilarity. And until next time, all things are possible.